when you have bureaucrats making laws as heavily as they do, and then you have a pandemic like the COVID-19 pandemic come into play, which relinquishes a lot of power and authority through emergency authorizations that governors implement, now you really start to see a real stranglehold on, on the people uh, by these unelected bureaucrats. And so we've seen a big uptick in the last several years in holding these bureaucrats accountable. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Breakdown with the American Legislative Exchange Council. I'm Lars Daleside, and with me today is Nino Marchese, who is the task force director for both the Civil Justice and the Criminal Justice Task Force. You've got two jobs all in one. I do, I do. Double the fun. Double the fun. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be going over today some of the things that we're finding for criminal and civil justice in the 2024 Essential Policy Solutions book. Now, Nino, I know that you've been working on some of these as I'm thumbing through here, uh, but what are we seeing, or actually, before we get into that, what are some of the challenges with actually overseeing two different task force? Well, civil justice and criminal justice somewhat fall in the domain of uh, one task force director because they're more or less judiciary issues. And that's why you see a lot of you know judiciary issues funneled into one judiciary committee in a state legislature um, but at ALEC, things are a little unique because uh, the civil justice issues are particularly different from the criminal justice issues. They really are two separate worlds. In civil justice, we're dealing with lawsuit reform, tort reform, regulatory reform, and donor privacy issues. Uh, that's really kind of what we focus on in, as far as civil justice goes. And in criminal justice, uh, we really focus on the individual who's caught up in the justice system, ways that we can get people out of the criminal justice lifestyle or the criminal justice cycle, rather, and get them back on their feet into society. And there's a variety of ways that we do that and uh, member organizations that help, you know, zoom in on issues and ways to do that. And so I'd say the most difficult part of balancing both is kind of keeping your brain in two separate places just because <laughs> those task forces do handle such different issues, even though they are relevant to our judicial system. Right. And so, well, instead of just going back and forth and back and forth, let's start off with criminal justice sure. overall. Um, I know that recently we were championing something with the, the, the Veterans Act. Um, what was that actually? The, the sure. sure, this was the Veterans Justice Act. The Veterans Justice Act. And what did that do? Yeah, this was one of our more recent model policies that we passed in the summer of 2023. And this was an act which provided veterans with an avenue within the judiciary uh, to bypass traditional means of prosecution. So oftentimes what we're seeing and the kind of motivation for this is that you have veterans, specifically active duty, active combat veterans, right? They saw uh, combat and, um, you know, violence a lot of the times and they come back home, you know, with certain conditions and um, not necessarily mental illnesses, but you know, exactly and in, 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 um, in significant ways. These are not minor, minor ways. And we're all familiar more or less with with what that looks like. And um, you know, the issues these type of people face. And so unfortunately what happens is these people get caught up in the justice system because um, they react in a way that they wouldn't normally react. And um, they commit a criminal act, um, whether or not somebody's harmed or not, um, but usually that involves a crime and an arrest and uh, oftentimes a prosecution. And now we've looped this veteran who served our country and is suffering from the effects of serving uh, into the justice system, they have a criminal record and possibly, you know, jail or prison time. And, when that, ultimately and that can be an endless loop. Exactly. And ultimately, it's something that could be uh, avoided and mitigated through rehabilitation. And so what the Veterans Justice Act does is it provides judges with the option to divert them from traditional prosecution if certain types of uh, rehabilitation programs are met 
and provide it to this, this veteran. And one of the model veterans that we, uh, individuals that we uh, pointed to in this act and things that we've written about and, and discussed about um, is a veteran who did exactly that and ended up training and serving uh, other veterans, including police officers that arrested him during the time of his own incident. So there's proof that these programs work and have gotten veterans back on their feet uh, and out of the you know, criminal justice cycle. And, and with the criminal justice cycle overall, I know that there's been some efforts as well to try to clean up the system in there too. You know, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So there's a number of ways that are, there's a strain on the, the justice system. And uh, a lot of it is administrative and a lot of it can be um, you know, just trying to collect fines and fees from individuals. And oftentimes it costs more to actually enforce and collect those fines and fees than the revenue that the, the court system in the state is actually generating from collecting. And so it doesn't seem to be worth uh, worth the while, at least from a financial perspective. Um, but what a lot of our members look into and specialize in, and what we've you know really come to bring to the surface at Alec is that there's a lot of people that are uh, bogged down with these court-imposed fines and fees who are indigent. They can't afford them. It doesn't seem to be proportional to the crime they committed, and it's the sole thing a lot of the times that keeps them involved in the justice system. So they'll, you know, be placed in contempt of court or they'll have another charge or something and all because they can't afford to pay this fine. Right. And so uh, one of our model policies, more recent one, the elimination of youth justice fines and fees, takes certain qualifying individuals didn't commit a violent crime uh, who may have these court fines and fees imposed on them and uh, can't seem to get out of this cycle uh, because of their financial uh, you know, position. O oftentimes it's not to their own fault. We're talking about minors. This, uh, right. the, the model policy is exclusively right, 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 right. Uh, and exclusively is uh, applied to minors. So that's a, that's a way that we clean up the system by getting the people who really ought not to be bogged down by the justice system and are really putting a strain on the justice system too, you know, by imposing court costs, fines and fees like that. Right. Now, I know for most of, the, of you out there who are not legal aficionados, that, that mainly when they think about the justice system, they think more of a an L.A. law, the practice, Allie McBeal, and I know that I'm really aging myself uh, with those references <laughs> overall. But outside of the criminal justice, there's also the civil justice side of things. And I know that we've been working there also with some sort of work on the lawsuit reform angle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So civil justice is primarily um, looked like lawsuit reform at ALEC. Uh, this is uh, tackling ways that we can minimize the abuse of our judiciary. Uh, civil litigation um, is a, a huge way that uh, individuals and, and entities can transfer uh, the redistribution of wealth, you know, out of companies uh, into other, you know, plaintiff's pockets, um, often in large, large amounts. And uh, nobody argues that people should be held accountable. But uh, what Alec has seen over the years um, is just inappropriate uses of our court systems. And we want to, for everybody's benefit, um, to prevent frivolous litigation. And so there's a number of ways that Alec has done that over the years. Uh, most recently, we passed things like the Anchors Away Act, um, which is a way that minimizes trial attorney um, uh, strategies uh, to uh, frame payout amounts in a, a more favorable light to their clients uh, when juries have no idea you know, what an arm or a leg is worth. or just throw out a number, $2 million. Um, Phantom Damages Acts, it's a way to mitigate uh, costs too. But the ultimate thing here is, is that we're trying to help legislators, conservative legislators, understand that um, this is a component of uh, free markets. This is a component of economic freedom and prosperity. Everybody has their right uh, to file a lawsuit. And if somebody is you know, at fault, 
let the justice system play out and uh, let a jury decide, you know, what happens that nobody, nobody, um, you know, on the defense side of tort reform uh, believes that should be taken away from any plaintiff, from any individual's right. Anybody can be involved in an accident at any time. But what we want to do at ALEC is provide legislators with the insight to show them, you know, what is a fair practice in the civil system, um, what is unfair practices, and what is the motivation behind uh, certain trends that we've been seeing in the states throughout the years. So there's a lot of activity, we have a whole lot going on. Well, what is the one thing as we look into 2024 that you think that there's going to be a focus on either side of your task force? What's going to be the primary focus there? Well, we've seen a lot of uh, interest in regulatory reform affairs on the civil side um, throughout the states. So this is reigning in the power of the executive branch. Uh, a lot of people think government and civics 101, you know, your legislative, executive, judicial branch. Everybody's familiar with the legislative branch and the judicial branch. It's who makes the laws and then, you know, who adjudicates them, you know, who gives your sentence. But right. this middle ground, this executive branch, we don't really know what that is. Like that's the governor, that's a bureaucrat, and then right. the com conversation kind of stops there. And the unfortunate truth is that uh, at, at the federal level and the state level, um, the legislative branch has superseded its power uh, not actively necessarily, but um, you know, submissively by allowing executive branch officials to create these regulations and kind of overstep their constitutional authority, the federal constitution and the state constitution level, and they create all these laws and, and uh, rules which affect people's lives just as a legislature does. So you have basically the folks who are working for the chief executive of the state who are making up their own laws and rules that nobody in the state legislature ever came up with voted for or passed. Yes, they're unelected. And that's that's the issue here. You know, a legislature can pass a bad law and then you can hold them accountable as a voter. Uh, you can kick them out of office. That's that's kind of the, the point of the experiment. You know, see what works, what doesn't, and give the people the power to get them out. But when you have bureaucrats making laws as heavily as they do, and then you have a pandemic like the COVID-19 pandemic come into play, which relinquishes a lot of power and authority through emergency authorizations that governors implement, now you really start to see a real stranglehold on, on the people uh, by these unelected bureaucrats. And so we've seen a big uptick in the last several years in holding these bureaucrats accountable and in a variety of different areas. You know, it can it can be in the realm of free speech. It can be in the realm of uh, lawsuit reform. It can be in the realm of um, this constitutional authority and emergency powers that a governor has and how they implement them. But the, the, the core umbrella is reigning in their authority. Reigning in the authority. Well, no one's going to be reigning Nino in there as he's heading up both this criminal and civil justice task force here at the American Legislative Exchange Council. Thanks for watching and please join us again for another breakdown.